FX presents the Indie Podcast with your host, T. Sterling Watson. Good morning, Indubians. I'm T. Sterling Watson. Hey, guys, and I'm Nisha. I'm Valissa. This is the Indu Podcast special episode. We're here to talk about Lovecraft Country as it has completed just recently. And we're all giddy with excitement and nerves and and shogoths and everything to just to talk about the I'll just go ahead and say the brilliance of this show and how much we enjoyed it or the things we didn't enjoy. Because we'll talk about both sides and you know it'll be pretty fair i guess although i feel i i personally feel a bit biased because i really did enjoy the ride that the show took me on but i also enjoyed the community that you know built around it mostly black twitter but you know just just us like a show written and produced by us almost like for us in a way i don't know it was just great to see so much black people on tv just being awesome being in sci-fi i said sci-fi that's right i said it (laughs) sci-fi um, Other people who don't think it's sci-fi, or well, you know? it it is it is um, advertised as a horror show, which turned a lot of people. Um, which is why Courtney is not joining us because she does not mm. like horror. Neither do I, for that matter. I don't care for horror, so that I was like, mm, I don't know, but I really love Journey Smollett. Like, like she is. She's been a, a crush, like a celebrity crush for years. So, like, I, I have to see her. Plus, I like Misha. Green and, and the things that she's been doing with like um oh my god why did just underground and um and jj abrams was involved too along with jordan peele so like all of these people together i have to watch the show even though it might terrify me and lo and behold there's only and i wrote down which episodes i think are considered quote-unquote scary to some mm-hmm. so there are less scary episodes than there are non-scary episodes. And that's for someone who would be scared and terrified of anything and everything. So, <laughs> and I think the most, the, the, the horror part of it all, and I will give, I believe it's uh, Tanana Reevedu who has been on the podcast, a beloved guest uh, and just a lovely human being. I believe she has once said that like, just um, being like a black American is like a, on a day-to-day life is just horror in itself like living you know in this america so that is something that goes throughout the whole series just the, the blatant racism because it does take place in the 50s in case you are tuning into this episode and never watched an episode never even heard of the show which is weird if you haven't but you know anything's possible so <laughs> so yes it is billed as a horror show but i would like to defend it or not defend it, I would like to change that narrative and say it is more of a sci-fi show with some horror elements because we've got time travel, we've got like adventure as in like Indiana Jones style. Um, Yes, there's ghosts. There's, you know, a few ghosts here and there, but some body horror. So that goes more into the horror category, but it, it's, it's great. I love it. So but we're going to talk about the series. We're going to talk about the finale and the good, the bad, the ugly, such as, you know, again, body horror, just transforming into another person and you just leaving that skin behind, which is gross. But hey, that's that's episode five and yep. seven, yes. eight. I don't know. So, Vilissa, your thoughts on the series as a whole, like now that it's complete, wrapped up. 
I know it's kind of broad, but. (laughs) (sighs) I think for me, I think I'm a little, I guess I want to say a little cynical. Um, I think after the first couple episodes, I realized that I'm going to have to watch this purely for entertainment purposes and not have any high hopes about certain narratives okay. which I know we'll talk about um, so from that entertainment wise you know, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. but it definitely has a lot of problematic components that I cannot ignore and I don't know if I want to see the two <laughs> you know I, I think if I oh okay okay you know, I think that if there is a season two I want it to be better on the components that it did not do a great job at. I think that's the only way that I would be comfortable with watching a season two. I, my honest I review understand that. Mm-hmm. I completely understand. And, and because of uh, hearing other people uh, like you, and, and I'll uh, throw her name in here now, uh, Rebecca, Theodore Vachon and her lovely review on the uh, Nisha's co-host uh, Carolyn. We've had discussions about it and her critiques. So because of people like like you guys have kind of broadened or not even broadened, but but helped me to understand like, oh, these are some of the issues that are going on. Again, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Uh, Nisha, how did you how do you feel overall with the season? So overall, I think. I, I feel similar to Melissa. Like I definitely went into this with like watching it mainly for entertainment. Um, Cause I, I do love horror and sci-fi. So I, I was very, I, and I had never read the book Lovecraft Country. So I was already kind of like interested, like, Ooh, what's this going to be about? So it had me hooked for like, you know, the first half I felt like it was pretty strong. And then I can't, I, I don't know quite where like episode wise, I just felt like, Hmm. is it shift or like it's a pacing or like I, don't, I still don't know how like how to put my finger on it but like they, they kind of lost me mm-hmm. um definitely lost me in those last two minutes of the last episode um <laughs> which we can we will get into because I'm just like why for what reason why her <laughs> right but I just that I think that's where my whole thing is like it I, I would be intrigued by a second season if it like so much like what Velosa said, if they could approve upon some things uh, that I just felt like, oh, it just, it really, it missed the mark here or like, mm-hmm. you know, explore, explore mm-hmm. more. Cause I, I will applaud it for like, you know, when we get, when it went to like South Korea, I'm sorry, when they went um overseas outside of like when we saw parts of the Vietnam war and everything. And then like, you learned that like, oh, it's not just happening to Atticus. It's like there's monsters and there's things all over mm, the world. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and that's where I felt like, oh, world building more. Yes, I love this. Cause like that's where I would be interested mm-hmm. in the season two if it were to explore more of the world building. Um, and it doesn't have to revolve around Atticus and the fam. It would it I wouldn't mind an epilogue episode to see where right. where everybody where everything fell at the after the end of the season. But mm-hmm. I mean, I there, I will say like I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, and and I guess that's like similar to Vilessa, where like you enjoy it for entertainment purposes, but like 
once you start like digging deeper and scratching the surface, like hmm, there's issues, at least for me, because I was just watching it purely just being entertained by it, but I wasn't um, picking up on certain things that I guess maybe the creators or writers may have neglected or just, I don't know. Uh, it's just, I wasn't um, privy to it, but we'll just kind of get into it. And I figure we'll start with the things that we had issues with, maybe come back to some of the stuff that like I, for me that I, I liked and enjoyed. So did you want to start or did you have something by Alyssa? Sorry. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about the bad, <laughs> like where do we begin? Um, the colorism. Why don't we start there? Um, <laughs> right. That's actually the first, that's the first one on my list. Really? That's yes. segment of Ruby. So yeah. Yes. The colorism of the dark skin black women in this show um especially ruby uh, with her transmuting into the white woman um like her relationship with her sister with letty yeah it, the colorism was just just stark and i know that was something that i had mentioned on uh, rebecca's podcast like um you know, I was concerned about that when me and her were talking about generational trauma and things of that nature. So, yeah, the colorism, the trauma, the homophobia, so, so many things. Mm. <laughs> so many things that, that were just glaring um, within the characters, within the storyline that I just couldn't ignore. Um, and I think that a part of me, given particularly when it comes to like the homophobia, don't mean to kind of skip over, but um, right. particularly mm -hmm. when it comes to the homophobia, given the setting of the 1950s, I understood the mm -hmm. context of saying, I understood the context of why certain things took place, but mm -hmm. I really feel that it was very reckless and insensitive in the way that some things were portrayed to. And I think that there wasn't much care given um in the um in some of the very striking moments in the series that made people feel uncomfortable and rightfully so particularly given the times that we are living in versus mm -hmm. the time period of the um series and just the just wishing that the writers showrunner whomever really had the important voices there that was it felt very missing. There, mm. It felt very, it, it felt like every other writing room that we always complain about is that it felt like the voices that needed to be there, the perspectives that needed to be there were missing. And I feel that if they were there, some of those scenes, those moments would not have been so upsetting to watch. Mm. And that goes for, uh, I guess, colorism scenes as well. Yeah, I think the colorism scenes, again, I think for me, I just I just have a very hard time, particularly as a light-skinned Black woman, seeing dark-skinned Black women in media, you know, in any type of media being portrayed in a way that isn't, that isn't uplifting and just really hmm. kind of leaning to certain ideologies, stereotypes, that just really that just very just feel very gross to watch mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and to not only see it you know in in the works but also see the brown and dark skin black women in my life react to that 
you know, mm-hmm. and their responses, it's just very glaring to me that it's not something that I can ignore, ignore as a light-skinned Black woman with this privilege, but also seeing how this is yet another media example that does not portray brown and dark-skinned Black women in a light in which they deserve to be portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have that not be done by Black creatives, you know, it's just very... It's, like how could it's you? always surreal. <laughs> surreal. Right. Um, particularly during these times that we live in, uh, where we proclaim that we want Black representation. And when we get this Black re- representation that leans into you know, colorism or other aspects that hurt us. It's like, Mm -hmm. do you put the care in? If you're going to do something that's kind of shocking, can you at least show some bits of care, you know, in what you're doing? Right, right. And it just seems, you know, like it wasn't really there, you know, for me. And, you know, when it comes to Ruby and Letty, their relationship, you know, um, you know, with the two sisters, the dueling sisters, and that was kind of personal for me because I, see it within my family of my mother being the light-skinned one my aunt being the darker-skinned one and how they've been treated how that has really influenced their lives as sisters and then in general you know it just really kind of hit home for me for the relationship dynamics or the sibling dynamics that I've seen in my life and just wishing that wow you know the dark-skinned women in this series deserve so much better than what they earn you know even when it came to Hippolyta you know, and D, you know, you know, Hippolyte was empowered, you know, through her journey, but, you know, D was traumatized, you know, with mm-hmm. the death of her friend in the till and that whole storyline and then her own um, experience, you know, it just, I just felt like she was just a forgotten girl, which is how a lot of our black girls are forgotten. Um, yeah, there was just a lot of things of the colorism, um, take that just really really us, was us unsettling to me that I wish they had done better and right. you know and we need better representation of brown and dark skinned black women in our media and I just don't feel like that show did that justice in any way shape or form right like I felt they got close well not even close but like they set it up where they could address it or, or, you know, handle it, but they didn't, they didn't No, they, they didn't. didn't. And so. that's the thing, like it should have been addressed and handled, but the fact that it wasn't, you know, just very startling. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. I mean, even with uh, Letty and uh, Ruby, like they already had their, con- their um, strenuous relationship and, and I've, I've seen it before in my own family. So I, I, I know, you know, the whole light and dark and sure. I, I'm, I think we joke about it like in our family, but we know that it's true, but I think right. that's just how, you know, we, we handle it. And you know, at least in my family anyway, so it's right. there, but the fact that that wasn't even discussed, like Ruby just saying, you get these opportunities because of blah, blah, blah. Like I could have used that, just that line, at least, you know, okay, it's in the room. Now we, we see it, mm-hmm. right. but nope, didn't do that either. Just more about the, more on the family part, not necessarily the colors and part. So and that's I think something. that's the thing. It's like they set so many things up that did not explore it. And it makes me wonder, did they just not have the tools to know how to explore that? Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like something which is so glaring. And it's like, 
you all had it. It's right there. Right. Why, are, mm-hmm. why aren't you addressing this in a way that not only has it in the room, but we have an honest conversation, a, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a family conversation in a sense, not just with Ruby and Letty, but with other dynamics too. Right. You know, if right. this is media for black people, then we need to have these honest conversations about what happens in our community when it, when it comes to colorism, when it comes to homophobia, you know, and things that nature, like these are the conversations we need to be able to have on screen mm-hmm. that we need to have off screen. You mm-hmm. know, I just really felt that them not addressing it when it's there was just very irresponsible. Right. Um, and I got, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you no, off. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. And, and I, that's honestly what kind of like irritated me with it because you're right, like they kept setting up this tension from the beginning with Letty and Ruby. Right. But they never explored it. And I'm like, if y'all had just like said it, just just say it and then mm-hmm. have this actual work conversation, because they would always bring up, well, you know, it's how mama treated me and this and that. And like, you're just like, t- you're, we're not even like really getting underneath the surface with that. Because are we to assume, is it that, was it that Letty looks like their mom? Like, what's the dynamic? Was was Letty the only light-skinned one? Was the mom light-skinned? Like, because they always kept on going back, like, well, mom was this and mom was that. And right. like Letty kept on hinting, like, well, I didn't want to become like mom. And I'm like, that's when I first I'm like, what what is it? Because it's definitely that Ruby and her and their brother like have similar features, but Letty doesn't have the same features as them. Right. So I kept on and they would always bring up the mom. So I'm like, are y'all ever gonna do a backstory or like a five-minute flashback to like their mom and their family's dynamic? Like we understand, like with the funeral with other things that there is drama and there's trauma in there and like yes letty has her own issues but ruby has her own too and she's allowed to be angry and upset but it just always felt like they just kept sweeping it under the rug i mean like well, we're sisters and like mm-hmm. <laughs> i've got sisters too right <laughs> that's like not we, how we handle things we we right. understand they're sisters we we, know, right. we need to know what what is really wrong here or like what's right. the root cause of it and like we get it you're hinting at the colorism but it's like it's not doing the conversation justice enough to just touch on it like i really wanted them to actually have a conversation about it because mm-hmm. it's one thing that we see as characters that like yeah we know that like we like the black audiences know that letty has more opportunities right than ruby and it's the colorism, but like to the general audiences, mainly the white masses who don't experience colorism in their communities, that that's not being communicated. And it's not that, like I'm saying like this show has to do the job of educating white people, but I do feel like you're doing a disservice to like why why touch on why not just why not touch on it and have this conversation? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that happened repeatedly, not just with the colorism, but with like with other things in the show. And I feel like they would touch on it and then they would just move on. Like the whole thing with Montrose. And I'm like, so I understand that Montrose got beaten. And we understand that now finding out that Montrose was gay and he was hiding it from his son and he was like dealing with his own stuff. Are we trying to say that we're fine with Montrose still being an abuser? Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, it was, it was stuff like that. Like no one's having like actual conversations to resolve things. Like we kind of just skipped over that because in my brain, I just felt like we had to do the work of imagining that those conversations happened, but we know they didn't. And it's just kind of like, because Montrose is a very complicated character, and I just felt like he doesn't get his due. Like, they, w- they would give you moments of him, 
you mm. like you understand like the them going back in time and like other like moments with him you understand he's going through his own problems and he has his own trauma but i'm like it's like there's a saying like somebody else's trauma does not make like does not erase the trauma that they cause onto others right and mm. i feel like that's kind of unfair to tick and also on the reverse side of that tick's behavior towards him was unfair to montrose yeah. But like, there's, there's just a lot that I feel like the show touches on, which is great. We don't see this touched on in shows. But I'm like, but I don't want you to just touch on it. I want you to like rip the bandaid off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's not only um, the character's flaws, but that's also the show's flaws where mm-hmm. they're not talking like the characters aren't talking to each other about the things that they really need to be talking about. Right. And the show is also failing at doing that too. But, you know, um, I was hopeful that it, it would have gotten deeper, but it didn't. Instead, mm-hmm. they just kind of carried on with the story when I was like, well, I'll go along with the story and maybe that'll come along and, and it, it didn't. But, you know, just went along for the ride anyway. So, But I think that for me, that just what I said, irresponsible because we need to have these hard conversations in our communities because they're happening mm-hmm. in our families. Mm-hmm. in our communities and it would have been exactly. nice for them to not um veer away from that um because like basically the way that they handle everybody's trauma was trash <laughs> you know i'm just gonna keep it simple it was mm-hmm. trash oh you absolutely know, um, yes like with you know piggyback on what's been said by Montrose, we understand why he is how he is we understand right. why he was a volatile parent why he was abusive but him being abused does not excuse the abuse that he inflicted upon tick like mm-hmm. you know and i really feel like they had this kind of distorted sympathy that they were trying to give in some way about oh you know he he sustained this horrific abuse and this turned him into a monster to abuse his own son and continue this cycle so that his son you know doesn't turn out to be like him or to be the man that he didn't believe himself to be right you know, and, you know given the context of the time period and it's like, yes, it was horrible what happened to Montrose, but he needs to be held accountable for the pain mm-hmm. that he inflicted yes. upon Tip. And, that, and, and I think that's some of my issues, the irresponsibility regarding accountability. You know, there was no accountability for the characters in this story who did harm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really felt like maybe the writer, showrunner, whomever, didn't have the tools or the ability to really dig deep into these topics, because if you want to ladies topics out there you need to have the ability to dig into them and they just just left it hanging which really made the characters flawed and the writing flawed and the portrayal flawed and i just really mm-hmm. feel that you know in these times to where we are more you know hopefully more, more of us are progressive <laughs> and the way we understand abuse and trauma and you know sexuality and colorism we are expecting our entertainment to really display some of that, even if it's held within a different time period. Like that's, mm-hmm. to me, that's a responsibility there that you have if you're creating this body of work to really tackle it in a way that doesn't feel grotesque. I really felt mm-hmm. like there were certain scenes, particularly when it comes to the homophobia, that it just really, the homophobia and the um, transphobia too with the two-spirited character. Right. Um, it was just mm-hmm. really grotesque to watch it unfold and it was just really uncomfortable instead of it being something that you know allowed for authentic understanding or even conversation to have we were all kind of recalling 
you know, from the fact that this was happening and it just, it didn't feel okay because it wasn't okay. You know, right. I just, and I think that's my biggest frustration is just, just how everything was, those major parts that needed to be handled well were just handled so badly. And it didn't mm. have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that the, the two-spirit character was definitely one that triggered a lot of people. And right. that one didn't have any follow-up to it at all. Like, no. None. That's none. A, it felt so unnecessary. Like, yeah. why, why put this character here? Why? Right. Why put... Why? As a sacrifice? And I was, as a sacrifice. And I, was, I like, when it happened, I'm like, pause. Are we going to address this? Right. Like, this is disgusting. Like, that. that's the one where I'm like, is it ever going to get discussed is it ever gonna get brought up nothing didn't happen right like it didn't happen at all and I'm just like I don't know this is stuff like this I'm like I want to go read the book and I understand like the 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 show and the book are not like like mere reflections of one another Mm -hmm. but I'm like was this character in the book and like was this their only like purpose like to just be here and then be killed off because I don't I, I think what I'm irritated by is like there's like you said, Sterling. Like, there's no follow up after that character's death. Like, there's there's no repercussions mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And I was waiting. I mean, I was. Yeah. They. I mean, this t- uh, episode ten was called Full Circle, so I'm waiting to see everything that happened in the last nine episodes. Like, whatever things that led up to this moment, and nothing. So nothing for that character. That was just a, a literally throwing away character. Because what did that add to yep. the story? Because I was if- like where is this going to lead us? This is going to lead us to something else that's separate from like, you know, the brace whites, like, mm-hmm. will it lead to like more, like more work? Cause I, like I told y'all, like I was excited for more world building. Cause I felt right. like from that episode and then from episode six, I was like, Ooh, are we getting hints of world building? Are we going to get more? Like, will they go on more adventures? Like if there were just to be a season two and I was like, you know what? Never mind. I guess not. Maybe not. And it, it could have just been a, or just a a male or a female it didn't and didn't have to because again transphobia mm-hmm. if it was just uh, either something else other than that or maybe and maybe I'm helping them out and didn't have to brought them back in the ancestral scene and you know maybe that person speaks English or they can continue to give more information like this is what I would have told you if I wasn't killed right. and this mm-hmm. is what was. This is what was hiding something just to follow up for just not having a character of that significance be killed off just recklessly. So, right. So that's, those are, you know, along with you guys, just things I was looking for that to be followed up. And I know definitely when I go back to rewatch it, because, you know, I like to do, you know, to rewatch and pick up things that I missed. And, uh, but that was one thing that, you know, I kind of kept an eye out for because I'm like, "Mm, that was weird. And all it was, and, barely even anything said to Montrose about him. No, they got I, upset I was... and then they moved on. Right. Yep. <laughs> like you could so make, like there goes our clue. Right. Okay, right. Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like, no, like y'all went through this whole adventure, found this person, and then they're they're killed and you're just like, okay, that's fine. It's like, no, like, what are y'all doing? That's Oh, see, and you know what? They do that a lot, and so, like throughout the season, that not a lot. I guess it's just like the 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 emotional reaction to things, to certain things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are y'all reacting this way? Like y'all, like this, like this isn't like a major important thing that just happened, right? Like, 
I think one that comes to my mind is like D's episode where like Letty kind of like well all the adults failed D in that episode oh, yeah. let's be honest yeah. all of them failed her but it's just, I'm, I'm especially upset with Letty because I'm like you see the child that's dropped y'all know magic exists and she's trying to tell you something mm-hmm. right what was what was up with that reaction like and I just I don't know it just it, it felt it just felt like it didn't fit there but I, I think it did fit in a way because the adults they have their own stuff they're going through we don't have time to focus on D, even though D's mother isn't around. You know, <laughs> you know right. she lost her dad, and now her mother's off somewhere. But the adults, they're so wrapped up in their own stuff. They don't That's have time true. to focus on her. So and they I just failed that child so yeah, much. Yeah, they failed her. But, right. But I think there's a good portrayal of how adults who are mm-hmm. so consumed with their own drama fail mm-hmm. children. So right. I think that for me, true. that portrayal was accurate accurate in the fact that this happens every day for kids right they are in True. crisis they are in need and the adults are nowhere to be found if they are there they're not paying mm-hmm. a lick of attention to even That's see true. like oh this child is in distress let me pause for a second and find out what's going on Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like they, right. and and that and I, I agree with Vilissa and that's and I, I feel like they don't get the attention they need until it's too late. And it was basically too late for for D because she was like bleeding and convulsing and had her arm was already infected. So it was and Montrose was the only one I think to actually notice before, you know, again, it was too late. But right. I, I do believe that was the intention of that particular right. episode. Everybody kind of ignoring her because they're all right. Re- well, I don't want to say they're actively ignoring her. It's just like Violet said, they're all wrapped up in their own thing. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess my whole thing, and like, I agree with y'all, like, that's, and it, they're supposed to be written that way. I guess my whole thing is just like, y'all know magic exists. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, right. th- th- I didn't think that's what was irritating me is like, she's trying to tell you something's wrong. But like y'all said, like, that's the point. All of them, like, literally, after all being worried about where's D, oh no, we lost her. And like, the whole, you know, Emmett Till just died. Y'all was just at his funeral. Y'all not worried a lot, a little black girl missing. But like, this, but this also goes back to them not communicating with each other and oh, that's yeah. that's Can their character flaw their yeah. character flaws is that they don't talk to each other and they don't even when they do they're still not telling what they really should be talking about right yeah that that part uh because um that brings drama and mm-hmm. i uh and again i'm quoting uh rebecca here where she loves messy like drama people like because it makes good TV. So that part right. I was okay with. Other than the fact like it was you know, making me tense. Like just say what's wrong. And you know they're just not because you know just more tension. So it just right. brings more drama. But um, yeah that was the main problem throughout the whole thing. Whether that be things that are happening right now. Whether it's some magical thing. Like I don't think I should t- say this because I'll sound crazy. Even though they were on this crazy adventure with me. Or mm-hmm. things from their past. Which hey. If you had told me that earlier, I would have known that we have this issue. So, but right. yeah, nobody communicates, right. and that's that's also something yeah. that happens with family because yeah, they don't. And in fact, Accurate. I think I think maybe Violet that there was something a point that you made when you were on on uh, Rebecca's podcast. Maybe I don't know. There's I've been listening to a lot of things because I just really immerse myself in the world and and I love other people's analysis and, and opinions, which is why I'm glad you guys are here to discuss this series with me so yes if you uh had any additional thoughts on that i don't i don't know yeah i think that you know what you said is true you know they're just not discussing what needs to be said and that's honestly 
see it's always the dynamics of black families you know not discussing the real problems mm-hmm. that's going on and allow it to fester to where you cannot ignore it anymore um right and i think that in that respect they do the dynamics of kind of black family relation whether it's blood related or not you know very well but again you know i just wish that they kind of dig a little deeper into that you know why didn't they you know, why didn't somebody realize, you know, for like, oh my gosh, we really didn't pay attention to Dee, but just really, you know, express that to her. Cause, you know, mm-hmm. she seemed just very angry, you know, and resentful as she had you know, all the right to be. But right. again, I just feel like there's just no accountability to the harm that they were doing and inflicting upon each other and the hmm. ramifications mm-hmm. of that harm and that trauma, whether they were knowledgeable of it or not um because i think that you know these people i think they're you know can be good people but they just got a lot going on and mm-hmm. and, and with the whole magical elements and everything like that i think that just really was reacting in real time to everything that was going on but gosh it was just really hard to see them stumble in yeah ways. yeah um, that really either could have been fleshed out better mm-hmm. in the story line or how to just you know just really portray better in some ways I feel like yeah no and I agree because like I, I understand like the secrets like keeping the secrets from certain characters or like each other um as a way to make more drama and tell the story but I was like okay I'm kind of done with y'all keeping secrets like right. especially for people mm-hmm. who know that Mad- when Atticus would keep secrets from Letty and I'm like I'm tired of y'all keeping secrets now this is getting old Mm-hmm. Because you know the secrets will come to light, so right. it's. I think that's where I was kind of, and I understand like yes, drama, we get it. But it was, it was like you know <laughs> right. with Ruby, and like I totally understand that like Ruby would not have believed them beforehand, like before, right. like it was like the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit the, with the ghosts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Out of like Ruby at that point would have believed them, but then it's like when Ruby go like and Christina and everything. I'm like y'all need to just pull Ruby aside and tell her everything like that conversation that letty and her have when um ruby's babysitting d i just feel like i was i I wanted even before then i just feel like it's nice y'all had y'all little sisterly talk that didn't really go anywhere you know or fix anything um but y'all need to tell ruby everything because it affects her even like and at least to like warn them and tell them like you need to stay away from these people and granted at that point ruby didn't know anything about them and they didn't know that, you know, Christina was there. But the first thing they should have done once they saw Christina come in Chicago was warn their family. But right. again, writing, drama, I get it. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, we see like, dang, communication really was key here for a lot of this. I think they could have, oh, I'm sorry, go on, Alyssa. And when it comes to secrets, I think there was one that I was talking to somebody about that they didn't even explore. You know, I don't mean to kind of jump ahead in the story, but with Hippolyte, did she even know about this kind of love triangle between George? Oh, and right. And six mom, like that was not explored at all. And I'm like, right, no, nope. they didn't up. go anywhere. They didn't go anywhere except for the three of them. And then Tick and Letty knows about it. But I'm like, did Hippolyte know? You know, did did she have any inkling that you know about anything about Tick's paternity in the questioning? You know, I'm like, that's a very big thing for y'all to reveal 
to us as a viewer, but not tackle outside of those five people, you know, the five people that knew about this. Right. And it's just those little things that just were loose ends, you know, in stories like the secrets, yeah. thing, you know, all these secrets that are not either explored, not even recognized, and just kind of just left there, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, why? Like, why even let us know that Tick's paternity is questionable if mm-hmm. you're not even going to allow the woman who is married to George to know that he could have been her, like, that could have been his son. Mm-hmm. Or that, that was his son, you know, from what the speculations were. You know, so I just, all those things were there. And that's what I was expecting in the last episode was for somebody to give Hippolyte that hint of, like, hey, you know, this is kind of going on here. Nothing. Right. 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 Because I think, yeah, even on my show with Carolyn, we kind of touched on that in the very beginning. I'm like, so we noticed that Hippolyta seems a little bit younger than George. Why is that? And I mean, I assumed like now knowing, now knowing like, did George just marry later in life? Like, did he meet her like when he was a little bit older? And like, I'm not saying he like, you know, 10 or 15 years older, but it's just like, it's noticeable that she's not that old. Mm-hmm. Or like she's right. not as old as him, and that's where I was like, was George married before? Was like, what was going on? Like, so it's like there's like things where I'm like, I wish we had a flashback episode with about George and Montrose and Atticus's mom that you know was them when they were older, right? And just like just just so we could see it and we could have some things confirmed because like really we can only go off, we only could go off from episode two where George's hallucination is Atticus well, I'm sorry I keep calling her Atticus's mom but <laughs> I feel bad but I'm like that's how she kept yeah that's me. what I know her as too so yeah I don't I don't know I'm sure she has a name but I don't know what it is no, either. I almost said Hattie and I was like no that's not Hattie and it's no. not Hannah because those are the other ancestors it's not yeah. her, her's not her mother and she's got a name but I am because they always said your mother did mom right like right. <laughs> which is like that's the conversations between you know Atticus and his dad but yeah I just I don't know and like sorry now that reminds me of the other thing I hate that Uncle George died so early I knew that man was going to die and not gonna make it past episode two before I saw the episode but I yeah. did not want him to die first I didn't want him to either and they Sorry, totally oh, Sean beamed him so and and yeah that that's a Lord not Lord of the Rings wow um that's a Game of Thrones, but that's like just just his career. Sean Bean, he's always getting killed off and everything that he's in. But uh, I was not expecting it, but it it was a surprise, and I'm I'm sad about it. But I'm also I don't know. It's I'm conflicted because I really love him as an actor, mm-hmm. and I wished I was hoping you know magic he'll come back, and right. he he did, but he didn't really. He I mean, he was just in that one episode. Uh, right just traveling back in time which i mean i at least like that they got to resolve some things right which (laughs) the one conversation that i really wanted to like go into more depth at least i got that like well one of them (laughs) was between them two and i'm like at least y'all gave me this right what they need and it's something like that and and i'm I'm basically pitching at this point is they need a good bottle episode and i know this is their first season so if they get a second season, then a good bottle episode will help get a lot of these things out. Because when, for those who are not initiated with that is in TV terms, that's basically just all the characters in a room or just together. And it's just them. So 
a, a good famous example is for the people who watch the show community and whenever they have like the paintball episode that's i think actually no they actually have an episode where they they call it the bottle episode and they're just in the study room and they're talking to each other and learning about each other and all the secrets come out. So similar thing could happen with the show. It could have happened in the last episode where they're taking that ride to Artem and yeah. conversations happening. And maybe some giant monster is following them or Kaluthu uh, is actually behind them because, hey, Lovecraft. So, but, mm-hmm. you know, I was not in the room, so that didn't happen. It was just them singing and uh, leaving us hints that, oh, something is amiss here. Although I do, uh, somebody did tweet about how, uh, because I was tense during that 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 short little scene there, because I'm like something bad is going to happen. Right. Like they're going to crash into some magical wall, or something. Mm-hmm. Some racist cops going to stop them again, or I don't know. Something's going to happen, and nothing happens. So I'm like, breath of fresh air. So the danger is, is coming a little later. Gotcha. But but that was just want to throw that that note in there. Um, now the other issue that a lot of people had, and I figure we'll get into this before we go into. I don't know things we liked about the show, but uh, D killing Christine or Christina. A lot of people had a problem with that. And um, as did I, because first I couldn't articulate what it was. It just felt off. Like, did you really have a connection with her? And then I, my theory, and I'll just give out this theory, take it as, I mean, it it could be shot down. I'm fine with it. Is that, um, and I only got this after watching it again, was that the fact that she was, D was reading the book Lovecraft Country. So maybe mm-hmm. thinking that she doesn't learn anything and the fact that she keeps on doing whatever she's doing and getting worse. Uh, that was my only reason. Like, well, since this book is the future, I'm going to stop that from happening. I'm going to kill her now. So that was my only theory as to why she may have killed. But other than that, I don't know why. I, I It was maybe just in a scene just to make her look awesome perhaps i mean you didn't really have to kill her i mean just the fact that she unveiled her arm and the black show goth was behind her just that was that was magical enough for me i was it's like Mm -hmm. yes give me that whatever that is i just i don't hmm, let me why did d have to kill her because it's like d had no like and i guess it's like it is it is the fact that like because i did rewatch that scene after somebody mentioned it like well maybe she was reading the book and maybe she was fulfilling a prophecy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I understand that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, we didn't see that. So we don't get that context. And I'm still just like, D, this child, like, why, why does D kill her? And I'm like, that needs to be explained. Like, why, right. why does D have to be the one to kill her? Or why did the, <laughs> the adults could have killed her if Christina needed to die? Which, the Shogoth like, could have killed her. <laughs> yeah, yes, that could have killed her. I'm like, you know, that, that whole thing. Like, so if somebody was going to kill Christina, should have been one of the adults. I don't understand. Because I was even confused. I'm like, why is D there? Why is D not back with everybody else? Right. Why is D here killing this woman now? Because I mean, like, yes, D's probably, you know, not probably he's angry at a lot of things but i feel like the motivation behind having d kill christina feels very weak compared to like any of the other characters that mm-hmm. could have killed her and i assumed you know because they leave her there under all the like and i assume they also put all the the building the bricks on her so she would like die of starvation <laughs> but like so maybe they wanted her to um like suffer Mm-hmm. But I just feel like if if Christina was gonna die at the end of this, have Montrose do it. Have the 
And like, but see, even as I say Hippolyta, like it doesn't make sense for Hippolyta to do it. It makes sense for either Montrose or for, for Letty. Letty to do it. Yeah. It, it only makes sense for one of them to do it. It does not make sense at all that D killed her. And again, like, yeah, besides the fact that she's a child, her and Christina have had no dialogue or like conversations that hints at D wanting to take anyone's life. D's character has never hinted at her wanting to take it, like, like having the ability to kill someone, mm-hmm. like, because she's a child. <laughs> Right. Sorry, somebody else talk before I keep like going in circles because I'm <laughs> no. like, she's a child. Why no, is she, she the is. one that's killing her? But I feel that D represents, you know, a character who does what the other ones should have done. <laughs> you know, like mm. when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, okay, so it takes D to do what the others, what the others have neglected because they were so focused on getting Tick's body, who was already dead, who was, you know, went through his whole ordeal. That was all right. their concern, leaving her there in the rubble. And I'm like, so none of y'all had the common sense to finish her off? Yeah, so double tap. D, <laughs> you know, like, so <laughs> D took it upon herself with her bionic arm to squeeze the life out of her. I'm like, okay. You know, so, and also, I really felt that in some ways, kind of bringing a disability angle here, we see what happened to her arm. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, when mm-hmm. she, you know, was finally revived, you know, we saw that you know she had this "quote unquote" dead arm here. You know, so and so she got you know this bionic arm, and it had this kind of reveal with her shaking her coat off, showing her arm, which is very futuristic. You know, mm. and it's um, sci-fi, sci-fi, yeah, very so sci-fi. A, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing it. Sci- it's a sci-fi show. That's all I'm right, saying. That's all. Right, very futuristic <laughs> in the um, design and the way that it um, is assembled. So, you know, this is the way that you reveal, you know, her disabled arm, her bionic arm, and then you use this arm to kill. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I said on Twitter, you know, if they're going to ex- explore the disability in any way, shape, or form, they need to do that well, you know, mm-hmm. and even connected to why she would even use her arm to even, to even end this life. Um, and because I, I do worry about, you know how they handle any type of marginalized identity in this show, but yeah. for D to be a disabled girl in that time period, you know, if they keep it in that same time period, you know, what is her life is like now? Because you know, before they went out, um, before they went out, she was like, you know, I can never draw again. But she has this bionic arm now that she can draw mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. You know, like to me, that's the whole. That would be the purpose of her getting an arm so that she can do what she love again and be and embrace this identity that she now has so i don't know just Mm -hmm. a lot of disconnecting there and the reveal of her bionic arm the use of it and how she may even be thinking about her new disabled body Mm. Mm -hmm. i i really hope again should there be a season two that's something that's to be explored and um that well, basically what you just said, yes, that she, you know, use it to to do art again, because that that was the thing that was shown throughout the series. Like she loves to draw and, you know, and hopefully she that's what she continues to do. And huh, we just have to wait and see if yeah, that is the case. Yeah. But that was that was a tweet that, yeah, you did send and, and 
<laughs> tag me and like, make sure we're going to get to this. Because yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had it open on my phone just and I was going to segue right into it, but you got there already. So good job points. Um, and, mm. But yes, I'm well, sorry, Nisha, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was going to say like, I just like, sorry, I feel like I'm going to talk in circles, but it's even the dialogue that he has in that scene that le- that left me baffled. Mm. And I just I like I, I agree with everything you said. Melissa. I, I want if, they, if we get a season two, I want these things explored and I want answers. Mm-hmm. Like I want to I, I want to I want to check in with D and see like how is D doing? Because like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie with y'all. Like I really wanted her and Hippolyta to just leave and go back to live amongst the stars and <laughs> like yes. leave it all behind after all this ordeal. Because like I definitely felt like I called it after like. Hippolyta's episode she was going to come back and she was going to be a major key to to the success of everything Mm. um, with the powers that she has now and I just I feel like they they deserve rest (laughs) they deserve some peace (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I'm like why did this baby have to kill somebody (laughs) when but yeah because there's no coming back from that so yeah it's there's not and i want that explored and i want d to get all the help she needs and it's just and i think there's just like parts of it that it kind of irritates me like there's there's multiple things but it's like even when i like break it down like the dialogue doesn't make sense like d being there doesn't make sense like besides the fact that like she's the one to end it but i'm like y'all never gave us an indication that d was like a destined chosen one who was needed to end things Mm -hmm. like and we don't and like because she is reading the book i'm like yeah she could be fulfilling a prophecy but like i would like to see that prophecy right right and i do know that like a number of the writers and including uh misha they 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 do have their pulse on social media so they've been taking criticism and even responding to it so if they do get a second season i do hope that they are listening and take this into account and address a lot of these things that we are having issues with because Again, we we don't have many shows like this, and mm-hmm. we're not rooting against you. We want you to win, so you know, kind of take it in and <laughs> fix it, make it better, so we can you know be happy about it and less critical. I mean, we'll still find things because no show is perfect. In fact, I'm, right. I often try to think of if there is a show that I would consider perfect, but that's too many, it's too many episodes for you know for you to screw up on. So yeah. Um, but overall, you know, I, despite the issues, I still, you know, was, was able to enjoy it. And I do think that it is succeeding in at least one of the goals that I remember reading in an article that Misha Green had, and that is to start conversations. And unfortunately, some of those are the flaws of the show, but it's also other things that, you know, we, as a family or as a community, we don't really talk about. And that's, I think what's, been happening we've been discussing some of the things that don't get talked about and need to be so mm-hmm. can i bring up one other thing i know we're going to talk about the trauma and some of the issues but i would like to maybe discuss the historical lens here when it comes to tulsa and mm. y'all oh that's hours. that's the number other yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm sorry that that's also very that's actually the first thing I know I said uh, colorism is the first thing. That was, that was on my list of things that I was critiquing. One of the things I liked is that they brought up Tulsa. And for me, it, it's brought up this for me and my viewing of like media. This is the second time because the first time for me was in 
Watchmen mm-hmm. when they brought it up there. And I'm like, wow, that that's fortunately I had just learned about it. And that was actually for the podcast. I have was researching something else and just uh, stumbled upon the Tulsa massacre. I'm like, what is that? And I went into a whole deep oh. dive. Um, the black creative came on and we had a whole like hour long discussion about it on the podcast. And then next thing I know, Watchmen comes out and that's the first episode. I'm like, Oh my God. And then it's crazy that nobody else really knew about it. And we all discussed why, and here it is again. And I'm like, I would love a crossover episode, like, <laughs> cause it's just the way everything lined up, but I am so glad that they brought it back and brought it into discussion because it's a very important part of history that has been literally washed over and, forgotten by many except for those that lived it and even the ones that lived it don't really like to talk about it so um, but i'm sorry Vela, so you can continue <laughs> i just got excited no so. no i'm glad that you um highlighted that but i think some of the reactions that i saw about the episode was how triggering it was and how oh, a lot yes. of people just wasn't a lot of people weren't prepared you know for the graphic nature of that episode um with the burning, you know, the burning house and then the burning of Hattie, mm. um, mm-hmm. lady walking through like the main street, you know, um, yeah, just the, the, the violent racism, um, Matrosis seeing his um, boyfriend shot again, um, that whole confrontation, um, a lot of elements within that episode that was very, um, not only triggering, triggering, but also I felt kind of handle a little recklessly as well mm. um mm. You know, that i think in some ways i felt that if you're looking at watchmen and um lovecraft country and the way it's handled i think watchmen did a better job at letting us know the horrificness of um the massacre without it leaning into trauma porn mm-hmm. and i felt that lovecraft country leaned hard into the trauma porn mm. okay it's actually been a while since I, I haven't gone back to, and I, I really do want to go back to watch Watchmen, um, not just for that, but just the whole series entirely. But, um, but you're right. Yes, uh, it, it definitely was more violent, um, and it was longer too because they spent pretty much the whole episode here, whereas Watchmen was just like that first scene and then they moved on. But um, I, I saw it and I kind of felt that. Um, Perhaps it didn't need to be predicted or not predicted, but uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Depicted. Depicted. Yes. Words are hard. Uh, but um, I, I feel like maybe they were going for uh, not necessarily realism, but just the fact that it, it was gruesome. Like things happen. People. Yes. They lingered probably a bit too much on uh, Hattie burning. Cause that was, that was rough to get through. Um and it did really bring out a lot of emotion to me. Like it was like the only episode, I think the only time in a long time, I think I cried for a TV show, but it, I think for me, it was just more of just the whole emotional thing. Like this is maybe this isn't exactly how it happened, but it was, you know, very violent, you know, for the time. And maybe we didn't need to see as detailed as it was, but it definitely left me feeling like, like wow, okay, this this was real, really, really real. Um, right. So, right. but I, I do know other people can handle it. Right, because I think that you can, um, you know, show the realities of it, and 
you know, we all know that anything that happens to us as a people, especially of that magnitude as the massacre, it needs to be done in a realistic way to not water down the significance of that moment. But mm-hmm. I just, again, mm-hmm. I just felt that maybe they could have went about it in a way that just wasn't triggering. Because I know a lot of people just felt like, just felt very raw. For yeah. That. Right. yeah. And I think that people weren't, you know, were unprepared and then didn't know what to do after. Mm. Mm. And I think that's kind of where that kind of reckless coming to play to where if you're going to be that raw, at least allow your audience like the ability to handle that in some way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe actually put up a uh, uh, disclaimer that, yeah, hey, it this been nice for a disclaimer or something. Like I know we we've gotten right. pretty real on some of these episodes. Things have gotten gory. People transform out of people's bodies. But this one, that's true. We've we've gone a little farther, so be yeah. warned. Because I mean, like, because like while like the MA rating at the beginning is one thing, it's like I feel like there's it's it's not uncommon now that um, show accounts won't say something like that. Mm. Just like as a heads up, because even something like that might have been like might have been helpful. People to know like ah, gotcha. Thank you for the warning. Because like personally i think like it is like it is very graphic it is very like and it is a graphic horrific atrocity that happened in real life and it's like one of those things where it's like i understand they're depicting it as like with like the brutality of it but then there is also this part of it that's like i like what do you like you said but like what do i where do i go from now with this right like, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine people who have like a direct connection to Tulsa. And like, that's not to say that like everyone needs to have a connection to Tulsa, uh, like the Tulsa massacre to feel something. Cause like, I feel like we as black people, as a community, it's not hard for us to like feel communal grief right. um, and mm-hmm. trauma and generational trauma. And it's definitely one of those things where it's like, sometimes it's like every, when you hear about a new shooting and it's like, it's this, sadness and despair that happens Hmm. and it's like I don't know it's you can feel it and it's like even when I talk to like other friends or family members like my and like obviously when I say like who are black and it's like you can already sense how each other are feeling Hmm. like and it's like one of those things so I'm like yeah where do you go from after this because I felt like I appreciate that they didn't hold back but at the same time it's like "Mm, this is very triggering for people this could be very triggering for people who like came into this not prepared mentally from it. And I think that's something that, you know, go a step further than just an MA rating. Um, because like, yeah, while this is a mature show and it's on HBO Max and everything, I'm like, sometimes it's worth going that extra step maybe for the audience to mm. communicate that to them. Cause like, like people, I think people would appreciate that even if it's just like a tweet or a post or like something on the description page of the episode of like this will be the most graphic episode (laughs) right yeah basically it would would have to be a disclaimer at the beginning because Mm -hmm. we'll have to take into account not not everybody has a or is on social media so that too so they would have to say like uh, this episode depicts some really horrific events and you know Mm -hmm. just just to prepare us and then i think there's I know we have after shows, but there's got to be for something this traumatic. I don't know if there would be some kind of after care to, you know, help bring people down. But it it was a very emotionally packed, emotionally packed episode. And like, 
with Montrose just reading or not reading, but like reciting names of like people he knew that mm-hmm. you know, died and how they died. And that just continued to just hammer home the emotions if you weren't already feeling anything. And right. it's probably where I lost it because just seeing it and then just putting names to, you know, faces and, Oof. but that's also credit to him because he's a great actor, by the way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, right. that's awesome actor. Yeah. I mean, Again, those those are more things for me that I loved about the show is just how well like these actors took this material uh, mm-hmm. for what it was, Sorry. but just yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't, I know we said we're going to transition to things we like because what you said just popped into my head. But like, can I talk about one more thing? That okay, wish, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. it's not that it's so Ruby. Mm-hmm. I just want it better for Ruby. Um, but it's like my biggest thing with the whole Ruby, like, like, cause we already touched on the colorism and like Ruby being a dark skinned woman and transferring to a white woman, like, like, and her, like, like, that's a whole bunch of stuff to unpack right there. But it's the, okay. So she finds out that William is actually Christina and me and Carolyn have resorted to calling them William Christina, um, at that (laughs) point, Mm -hmm. because, I like I don't know how to address whose house it is but anyway so that happens and you know finding out that this white man who you know brought you here and everything to some extent to some extent she trusts William and then finding out when you see William has actually been Christina this whole time and the reaction to that not really going anywhere the next episode after that or what followed. But then you find out they're still continuing this relationship uh, or I should say sexual relationship. And I'm just like, Christina lied to Ruby about being William. Isn't that like some form of like, like I would find that violating. I mean, you know, the whole like make turning my bot, like experimenting on my body is violating also. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, I feel like the deception and like that whole part is violating. But then they continue the relationship. I'm like, we're not going to unpack this. Like, this seems like something that needs to be unpacked. Because it's like, it's after the funeral when they have sex again. And I can understand that Ruby needed to feel something in that moment. Because, right. you know, TV mm-hmm. shows and drama love to do that where they're like, I just need to feel alive. So I had sex. And I'm like, okay, let's see. <laughs> Mm-hmm. what you tried to do there but i'm just still freaked out of the fact that the person that lied to you who's wearing someone else's skin and then put your skin in someone else's skin is the person you decide to still have sex with oh He's don't forget like, that they they got out of that skin while they were still having sex too yeah. just oh just, that's just, right <laughs> just want to throw that in there that image because that's that's been stained in my head now so yeah right it's mm-hmm. like how can the person that lied that lied to you be your comfort Right. Yes, that. Okay, thank you for putting it into words because I think that's where I'm struggling with it. And right. it, that was my whole thing. It's like, how can you trust her? How? Right. How? Because <sighs> it can't just be about getting power and hoping to get magic one day. I'm like, Ruby, come on. Like, we, like, it's just like Ruby was very much stuck in this, like, whole, like, I don't know. She just felt like if she kept playing her cards right and stayed on Christina's team, that, like, she could 
be, like she would eventually get the same access and power that Christina had. I'm like, Christina never had any intentions of sharing that with you. Right. And it's like Christina definitely was using Ruby as like this little experiment, not just physically, but like also I think mentally. Like Christina's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not to be trusted like, at all. She's so. not to be trusted Mm-mm. because like her whole thing, like we like y'all. She like when she said like I don't care. I don't care that this happened. I don't right. care that this little black girl's missing. I don't care that Emmett Till is dead. I don't care that they did this to him. I'm like, that should have let you right know right there. There mm. are no redeeming qualities in this woman. And I'm just like, okay, cool. So w- w- I don't understand why Ruby is still there besides hoping to get magic one day. Right. And here's the thing that to me, they said that to me on the last episode was oh, yeah. they've been allowing this relationship to go on but mm-hmm. in my mind I thought that maybe since Christina was living as Christina you know and wasn't going like transmuting back to William that her and Ruby was already in a sexual relationship as mm-hmm. two women and it wasn't until the last episode that we realized that they had not had sexual relationship relations as two women and Ruby dies either through that engagement or whatever she thought that she was doing right in her way of quote unquote tricking Christina into getting the blood that was needed it was like so you allow us to have this kind of assumption this whole time about their relationship with Christina staying Christina and Ruby knowing about this but now you're setting this up to where they are supposed to have a sexual encounter and then we find out later that Ruby died presumably through that sexual encounter or afterwards and trying to get the blood for her sister. It was just so many holes there. It's like, what is the truth? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what really happened mm-hmm. between right. the scene in which they were, you know, about to become intimate to the reveal that Ruby wasn't Ruby, you know, on mm-hmm. that trip. So that's right. just disturbing on its own self. Like that. The, like Ru- what happens to Ruby in the end is the, like very disturbing, and I'm just like, huh. I knew she was going. I figured she was gonna die. Well, in the season, but I just did not. I did not want that to be her end. And right. and that's that's actually a question I was gonna bring up since rewatching it, and and um, and I'll give Ashley credit because she told me to rewatch it again, and um, there was a bunch of things that I missed, and. I'm kind of joining her side a little bit and like, is she really dead? I'm not sure because she, they showed her propped up in the bed and they made a point to uh, with uh, Christina saying that they're in a comatose state. William is dead, but the other woman that he was turning into a white woman, she's not, she's just in a coma. Um, Mm. So I don't know for certain if she is dead or not. Again, this is something that would be answered in season two because all we see is just the flashback through, um, uh, Jamie Chung's character, whose name I keep forgetting, um, we see through her visions that she is in the bed and it just is kind of like propped up. But she, I don't know, oh, looks right. like, yeah, she's just, right. she's just there. So we don't know if she's dead or, or if she's just in a coma. And yeah, that's all we kind of know about that. Um, well, I think Christina definitely said your sister died. She did say that. Yes. yes she she definitely did say that. Um, and then the other thing that she pointed, that Ashley pointed out to me that I missed is that uh, Christina, as Ruby, did say the incantation to make 
Letty back uh, invincible again because I was like, when did that happen? And but that's that's where I missed it. So so her Ashley's point was that she never really wanted to kill anyone, maybe except for Atticus. But even he told even she told him that there might be a way to do it without having to hurt anybody if you just give me the book. But they didn't want to give him the book. So she, you know, I guess brought Letty back. But I mean, still, these are reasons for me still not to trust her at all she's still a villain oh, yeah. to me yeah so oh, i no. yeah. i had no problem with anyone you know ending her life just not d but right. um well, but i wanted to make sure i got ashley's points in there so you know she's heard so someone is standing in christina's defense and i'm, I'm all for having a good a good villain because i mean i've done that here in this podcast where we had a whole episode just talking about the villains that we love and i'm not sure how i would rate Christina quite yet on that list of like if she's a top villain for me yet because uh, I felt she was manipulative she was honest she, she didn't really lie to anybody she just withheld the truth for some things like you know this is how you do this particular magic but I'm not going to say much more than that or I don't know she's conniving yes. in that I mean, white woman she's way like the, so. she's the embodiment of toxic white feminism mm-hmm. so <laughs> that, like that is that's your villain right there because mm-hmm. it was like it was for me it was her whole like christina definitely just gave me vibes and she reminded me of like when i was in a social issues class in college and someone talked to me like we had working groups and someone's like if you had to end only one social issue between sexual assault and racism which would you choose and i just like stared at her mm. and this is white girl across from me and i like i stared at her like i don't get to choose I'm a black woman. I exist in both things at all times. So it's like, but it's like Christina just reminded me of her because it's like Christina just definitely always kind of like, because I'm like, I have to do this because no man has done this before. I'm like, Christina, you can go on and live your whole life and be fine. But here you are imposing on this black family's life, not caring about anybody because you want to do this thing that no man in your family was ever able to do. There wasn't even, there was just, like that's it and for what purpose because that's that's the question i asked ashley like like she wants to have this immortality spell or, or for whatever but for mm-hmm. why why does she want that like right. she just right it, and it's like from what we get it's just like because no man in her family has ever been able to do it and that's mm-hmm. it no and i would need another reason for to even want to entertain helping and there's got to be a better mm-hmm. way to get a red dress than you know standing under some someone's blood but yeah whatever that too. yeah that scene was a lot yeah oof, yeah that was a lot and i was just like ah oof. yeah <sighs> but uh i'll just throw these out here other things about the series entirely uh i love the title cards they're all different in case you didn't notice i know my brother-in-law he didn't notice until i, I mentioned it to him Sunday, actually, that all title cards for each episode are different. Right. I don't know if the pilot episode has one. I have to go back and watch that. Um, I love the soundtrack, uh, blending music of the time with music of mm-hmm. our time. Yeah. I enjoyed that thoroughly. And the soundtrack is now available. Uh, with, I think it's actually the score, but also some of the original songs that were sung, including Wumney. Oh, my goodness. I forgot her last name. But the actress who plays Ruby, since she does a lot of singing in the show and Journey, for that matter, they both sing and their songs are on the album, as well as the official playlist on Spotify. Uh, I love the fact that, again, we bring back they didn't 
officially call it the green book, but the, mm-hmm. the guide as they called it, the uh, basically Negro handbook. I forgot what the official name of that is, but again, something else that I am proud to say that we discussed on the podcast in previous episodes before, before even the green book movie, I think came out, which I think only hints about the existence of it. I don't know. I've never watched it, but um, I don't waste your time. Okay. I will keep it moving. And uh, yeah, just those are the things in the series that I really like appreciated the music, just some of the art, cinematography, the acting, just things that make a show, you know, a show. And um, as for this particular, Oh, and also the, the blending of uh, faith, science and magic, just all of these things together, basically working, especially in this last episode, they, they all made their presence known. So I, I appreciated that as well. And of course, the black Shogoth or Shagoth. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know if it has a name. I saw a gift somewhere that said that um, Sprinkles wants answers. And I'm assuming maybe they meant that the Shogoth's name was, was Sprinkles. I don't, I don't know. But I just kept calling him a good boy because yeah. he's the goodest boy. Just, you know, tearing up all the cops before and, and defending D. So it, it warmed it warmed the cockles of my heart. So to, to, <laughs> she, to see Sprinkles. I'm going to call him Sprinkles. <laughs> And lastly, one of the things that I really enjoyed is just uh, we get to see another representation of what an astral plane could look like with your ancestors and in mm. that meeting. And I, I really did like that scene, though, and just the fact that that the red fire and then what that represented and actually getting to talk with Hattie and, and Hannah and <laughs> and Tick's mother, who still uh, let me go ahead. You guys have any like favorites or, or things that you enjoyed you really liked? As somebody who's into ancestral spirituality, I did like the use of the um, kind of like hoodoo conjure, you know, in protecting Letty's house. I did like that use um, in that. Um, this mainly because I'm witchy, but um, it does kind of makes me question how they can they know that our ancestral magic works, but not make that connection that you're trying to use, you know, the uh, master's tools in a way, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to protect yourself. So it's just that kind of disconnect there on what magic is deemed valuable for what purpose. Um, that kind of stood out to me, but I did like that scene of like protecting the house and I think that gave it, you know, some of the first kind of spooky um, uh feelings in the series i don't really like that whole scene with the i think i like i like respecting the black people who died like them kind of sharing their story but i don't know that seems kind of freaky like it it was it It was was a very freaky scene with like the baby head on the big body i'm just like okay this is a lot yeah it it was it it definitely was yes But I did like the magical, using our ancestral magical elements. That's what I liked in the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I do like, also liked how they were healed too. So they, you know, yes, got. Yes, that was, yeah. really cool. that was really key. So that. that the soul's caress. Mm-hmm. Because of the white man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Nisha, do you have yeah. a. <laughs> um, for me, 
I really so I'm just gonna piggyback off of some of the things y'all said. So y'all already did, did the work for me. <laughs> Definitely love the music. I did too. Also like the ancestral plane, like seeing a, di- a different depiction of it. I loved Hippolyta's um, episode. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I that, totally skipped that on my list. But yes, go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just no, you're fine. I, uh, it honestly, it is my favorite episode of the series. Um, just because like from the very beginning, I wanted more of Hippolyta and I wanted to have her character explored and I wanted us to have see like I wanted to learn more about her identity. And I felt like that gave us that. I mean, obviously, we can't like know her whole entire identity, but I'm like I like that. We, I like that Hippolyta wasn't just a mom. Character. Mm. Like she just like she just wasn't there. Like she, Hippolyta matters in the right. series and i like that we got an episode dedicated to her um love the music like great music i honestly like collected a lot of nice different like songs <laughs> like that i had not heard before like you know like some of the more older music which i think is great um i like the female focused episodes you know like we get episodes with letty ruby um I want to say her name starts with J. Um, oh, right. And let me look up her name because I, yes. I know she may come back up. Um, yes, but um, her and then um, Diana. And I, whew, Diana's episode, scary. Oh, Scariest yeah. one yeah. by mm-hmm. far. Because them twins. Wow. Nightmares, y'all. Do not watch that and lose. Do not watch that episode in the dark. Because no. every time I look around a corner, I look at a corner. I just be like waiting for some pigtails to pop out. And I'm like, no. Well, I so, do, and en- I do enjoy. There's a screenshot that has been. I, it's, I don't know. I think maybe it's been passing around. So I've been sharing it every once in a while, just saying sweet dreams, just because you know of the twins. <laughs> just, He's just evil. to mess with people, you know. That is a good way to mess with people because really I'm just is. like, oh my god, because like it's it's weird. It's like. They're fascinating to look at, like the character designs. But also, I'm like, oh, no, get it away from me, Satan. <laughs> 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 Literal demons. Um, but no, I think that might summarize what I liked about it. I'm trying to think if there was anything else, because I feel like I agree with everything else y'all said, too. Um, I think her name is uh, Jiha or Jia. Yes, Jia. Okay. Yes, I like I like Jia's episode. I especially like that the episode is from her perspective right so i think that was a big thing for me with like the female focused episodes because i'm like oh we get like you know four no five episodes focused like from the perspective of the female characters um and a majority of time spent with them and i especially like that diana's for me like i kind of like that we get this last girl vibe from her even though how it ends is tragic for her i like right. that i don't know it's like when people love stranger things it's like mm. kind of like a little bit of that vibe, but, it, but then it turns into her like standing up and she's like, if, I, if nobody's going to protect me, I'll protect my own damn self. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which, you know, like you said, Melissa, it's a sad thing, but, to, but it's true where like little black girls have to grow up fast and protect themselves sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like that that gave me like the horror, the like not horror trope, but, you know, like the theme of the last girl in that. Um, oh, I didn't even think about yeah. that. Hmm. yeah i was just like it, it just i don't know the moment it just really felt like this was her taking her stand and like she was gonna like she was gonna handle it but then you know mantras came in so but um yeah i think that summarizes 
all that I liked about it. I'm, I'm sure there's other things, but I really did like it. Right. And, and I, and I feel like that's also why we're here. Cause it was, it was a show that for the most part had it, we're rooting for it and we wanted mm-hmm. it to be better than what, yeah. for what it was. And, and I'm just glad we got this because at least it's more than what we had before. And um, it is definitely a testament for black horror, which is something that is deprived within the horror genre or even just uh, entertainment media. Even though I'm not a fan of horror, I'm, I'm here to, you know, still champion it because I, you know, want us represented everywhere. And, Mm-hmm. And just again, for those who, and I don't know how or why someone would listen to this entire episode, not uh, having watched the show or uh, gone this far, but if you have gone this far anyway, and are wondering which episodes are the quote unquote scary ones, I would say it's the first one. And again, a lot of the horror for me was more of the racism between just them trying to survive in a sundown town, uh, but show Goth show up at the end, whatever. Uh, the third episode, which is the more of a ghost story. And this is where I also throw in how each episode had its own kind of flavor and vibe. That actually is something that I liked, even though it was at times a little disjointed when it came to continuing an overall story. Um, But I did like how each episode felt different, whether focused on someone or it just had a certain kind of, uh, I don't want to use trope again, but like a a certain kind of genre. Cause one of them was like I said, um, like an Indiana Jones kind of adventure type story. And the fifth one was the body horror one. Uh, six, we go to, you know, Gia and learn about uh, other myths that exist in this this world of Lovecraft country. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, it was mostly, I believe, in Korean. So we got to get it from, you know, that language. So you had to read. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't multitask during this episode, which was my problem for most of this uh, show I keep trying to I keep trying to do other things rather than pay attention I keep missing little bits so that's that's my fault that's my fault uh, so that episode might also be a little scary I suppose because of uh, if you're not ready for the nine tails to pop out that that could mess you up so uh, yeah. yeah oh that was an interesting choice it, just like how the how they <laughs> how the nine tails came out i was like that was an interesting choice i right. want to know why yes right because that's not where <laughs> tails not just like normal <laughs> yeah tails i thought usually come from like the butt or whatever but no all your orifices great well, lovely even Wait. the design of the tails look like before they or like spiders, spiders. Or spider legs yes. Yes. yes spider legs i'm like i'm not ready you're not right. ready. And like, right. And I was just kind of like, and I, I love, like, obviously I love anime and I love, like, Japanese <laughs> folklore and Asian folklore. So it's like whenever you see, like, depictions of, like, nine-tailed foxes, they look very pretty. And, you know, or, like, they can also look scary. But, like, you know, classically, they look, like, they all kind of, like, look a certain way. So I'm like, the horror decisions here. Well, she was very pretty. <laughs> no, she, she was very pretty. Them tails. <laughs> yes. They definitely were not pretty. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. No, no, I they weren't. For the first time, like in the first episode, I thought a worm was coming out of her ear. Right. So I'm like, they really misled you there. But I was just like, oh, right. Okay, y'all decided to depict them as this. I'm like, it's just, and obviously not saying it's wrong because, like, it's not. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how it would be depicted, like you know, in a live action otherwise, because I don't, I haven't seen like you know that that um kind of that kind of like folklore creature depicted 
on like people in like live action. So I'm like, this is an interesting choice. It's terrifying. Mm. <laughs> it's a good thing you said live action because I'm like, I have seen it one other time, but again, it was actually you know a tale from like you know where tales normally would be. Uh, right. But it, uh, what was it? I think it was um, love, robots, and sex, or something. I don't yes. know. Yes, love, yeah. love, death, and robots. Yeah, there so it is. That, right. that is what I was actually thinking of when um, I got seen it depicted too. Like, and I'm like, I was trying to think of something besides anime or like you know anything like anything else. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen like that depicted on a person, on a, a human person in real life. It, it sent me on a journey because I, I did learn more <laughs> about, uh, I believe it's Kamoho um, and just more of the legends and right. their okay. existence. And it's very interesting. So I, I am definitely into learning more. I don't necessarily need to see any more just, uh, you know, tales sprouting out of orifices. But, you know, yeah, but it's it's definitely interesting. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it was represented. Hey, there's other monsters out there. So great. Glad I've got to see it. So um, that's a warning way for you. to depict them. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And of course, episode eight is also, as we already discussed, uh, with uh, uh, young D being terrorized, and that is one of the fears for me is being just like hunt, not hunted, but stalked and followed and chased. So that was triggering for me because, yeah, just yeah, that was that was intense and. Yeah definitely one of the scarier ones so for those of you looking for a scare warning and if you need me to hold your hand virtually i will do that for you and let you know when to look out or turn on the light or put on mute whatever you got to do to cope because those are some of the act the tactics i use to get through things that i'm a little too scared to watch but like oh that's enough of that let's turn that down let's turn all the lights on <laughs> but for the most part i don't really feel this was a horror series even though there were lots of horror elements and um i mean once you've seen one show goth you've seen them all except you know once the black one comes up so mm-hmm. but thank you ladies so much for joining me um do you Vilissa, have any shout outs or things you want people to check out or recommendations or anything like that um you know I, only recommendations i have is for myself <laughs> when it comes to my <laughs> Um, my bio work, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Vilosa Thompson. You can hire me as a writer, speaker, consultant. Um, my area of focus is disability activism, which you kind of got a little glimpse here in some of the commentary that I gave. Um, yeah, this is the time to hire Black women. You know, there's no other time. These are the times to really um, retain our work to get our perspectives, as we've seen that we have a lot to say about a variety of interests so you can find me in the twitter streets as well as subscribe to my patreon for as little as two dollars a month so yeah that's that's all i got okay cool 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 and nisha yeah you can also find me on twitter i'm at nisha plays uh oh yeah that's right i changed up my twitter Mm -hmm. handle because now people can apparently (laughs) find (laughs) because people don't have to use underscores now uh, and they can find me easier. But yeah, also because I do more cosplay. So y'all can go find that on my Instagram, same handle, um, and on Twitter. And I also write and I'm a podcaster for the But Why Though Geek community. So y'all can find all my work there, reviewing anime, manga, and movie, and sometimes TV. But yeah. All right. Um, I will say now that at the, well, 
time of this recording, the sale is probably over, but I did upload 20 new designs to my store. Um, more lists of character names, Lovecraft Crunchy not included, but maybe coming soon. I don't know. I haven't. First of all, I haven't found the font so I can use it, but whatever. Uh, but do check that out because I'm pretty excited. And I got finally got two of my own shirts finally. So one of them that was they were holding onto for uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I have all of the evil X's crossed off and except for Nega Scott. So if you've seen the movie, you understand why that is. So I thought it was a very, you know, creative design. So I finally have that shirt. And I have the one that says, I'm not Google because people keep asking me questions. That you should ask Google. <laughs> I need that. You got yes. it in a crew neck. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. Go over to tpublic.com slash T Sterling, I believe. I think that's how you get there. There are links all over the place. Um, even though I say I'm not Google and I ask people to ask me questions, but I ask them for I, so I can answer them on the podcast. Don't ask me like, why does my phone do that? I'm not Google. Leave me alone. Um, but hey. <laughs> so at least I could just point to the shirt. I don't have to say anything because apparently my nope shirt wasn't enough. So whatever. Let me calm down. Follow me on all things at Indube. Go to Indube.com. That's a much easier way to get to the store because Indube.com slash store. There you go. Tell someone you value that you value them. Live without regrets and live for the folks you love. Please wash your legs, your face, the bottoms of your feet, the undersides of your dishes. I've been your benevolent host, T. Sterling Watson. And remember, if the world didn't suck, we'd all fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I love the invitation of Courtney. <laughs> oh, I love that. She would love it. I'm sure she's just giddy with glee. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Indu podcast, which was recorded from the south side of Wakanda in Little New Indubia on the corner of Tachaka and MLK Drive and is part of the Indu network. Want more Indu? Follow on Instagram and Twitter at Indu and on Facebook at Indu Pod. You can contact us and send Ask Indube questions by emailing indubepod at gmail.com. Want to support or donate? Find the T Public Store or become a patron on Patreon, where subscribing gives you perks and extra things from the Indube Network. Please subscribe, rate, comment, and share the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, Podbean, and wherever else podcasts are found. And of course, visit Indube.com for all of this and much more. Thank you so much for letting us entertain, enlighten, and provide an auditory escape with knowledge and nonsense. Until next time. Use your words, Chief. Good boy. This has been another 3SFX production.